Imagine a voiceover coming over this, all the way from South Africa, most famous for arranging and performing music for the Lion King movies and stage productions. He went on to co-produce, co-write, and perform numerous film soundtracks. As a performer, he has featured a special guest on all Hans Zimmer world tours. He later produced the Lion King production South Africa on its homecoming, first ever African content. This morning, he makes an appearance on the Fresh Breakfast Show. Ladies and gentlemen, the he's in the building. Ndade, Lebo M, Mufasa, Morake. Okay, that's so dramatic. And then punch somewhere at the end. Soundtrack because yes. magic is happening. Yes. Is this soundtrack? Have you? Are you fed up with it yet? Because everybody's still level M Lion King. Uh, honestly, first of all, thank you. Uh, good morning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been singing this song for the last 25 years. I've been auditioning people for the last 40 years. Man. Must he stop? Beanie, man. Hashtag no, no beanie. So, Marawai, No, you're right. Um, I, I won't stop singing the song, but I will stop singing. No, no. It's okay. In the showers, cool. Yeah. They're welcome. Yeah. It's Thank such you. an honor to have you here. And of course, uh, as we are building up to the premiere yeah. of the remake of such an iconic film. Yeah. And I just thought to myself, some of these young kids are going to see this new one and think it's their yeah. movie, not knowing we had it's our, our movie. movie. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. Ndate, when you hear this, are you annoyed yet? No. Well, well first of all, I'm, I'm really excited and privileged. This is my first interview. Uh, since we locked the movie two weeks ago and I'm really excited that I'm doing wow. it at home. I'm doing it here on your show. Sure. Uh, from here, Kiwaya Waya. So, uh, no, I, there's a time, maybe five, six years, I've been this hearing this for 26 years. Mm. It took us a year and a half to do the movie 25 years ago and to to have worked on a project in Italy, uh, you know, you got a project by default it was not meant to be a global iconic movie that it became mm. and 25 years later we're still now we're 25 years into the lion king it's a special year for me 25 years of original lion king this is my birthday month at 10:55 years july 11th well it was july my birthday uh, yesterday yeah wa ku bona unale unale daidi wa bona daidi unale daidi daidi but what july wa bona I'm 55 years old. I feel 24. Uh, July 11th, which is my birthday, we launched the movie to the creative team in Los Angeles. Mm. And then, of course, July the 19th, the whole world will get to experience the next generation of The Lion King.
Sure. And in October, the third Lion King becomes 20 years old as London production of the mm. Broadway show. So we've entered a year of iconic celebrations for the next 20 years. We're for the first production in history to uh, gross over 100 million viewers. Last week, Disney announced The Lion King has been seen by 100 million people. That's the Broadway production. And we're, we're excited. You know, it's great. It's great. When we come back, because we do have to go to news headlines, we're going to get a little bit into your upbringing. How did this July Soweto guy become international? <laughs> we were not suicidal. We were we were smart on Like I grew up Kotlari, and then I grew up in South Central LA. Yeah. Uh, so you know the nozo. Nozo. All right. Yeah. Well, we are hanging out with uh, greatness. He's worthy of being a guest uh, this morning. His name is Lebu M. Lebu Hang Morake. He's world famous for good reason. We chat some more in a moment. It's time for the headlines. Not that song. <laughs> Our uh, guest of honor, Ntate Lebu M. Yes. Good, good love, eh? Nobody can stop him from singing. He doesn't even need permission. <laughs> <laughs> How much did you say you're invoicing uh, us for this uh, in dollars? No, no, in just, dollars? You need to see a therapist first. <laughs> to Before you invoice us. <laughs> in dollars, man. In dollars. USD. Oh, you're one of those millionaires they were talking about in the recent study. USD. USD. I wrote that well, this man is a performer. He has uh, really done incredible things in putting South Africa on the map, particularly with The Lion King, the movie, the stage productions, being a part of the music and the musical journey of this incredible showpiece, an incredible story um, uh, that represents so much, even uh, from an African perspective. But he is also a man who is true to where he grew up. He pointed out earlier that he grew up in Soweto in a section called Tadi. Mm-hmm. So growing up during apartheid, I mean, you're in your mid-50s now, so it must have been then. Uh, <laughs> yes. what, what did you think you would become one day? Um, and I always knew uh, my, my parents were into music. Mm. And I, I'm a 76 product. Uh, I, fortunately or unfortunately, I ended up being horrible in boxing and really terrible in soccer. Hmm. So I have no comments about Bafana Bafana. Oh, Let me just declare. Wow. You clearly uh, have feelings though. I have no feelings. I have no comments. I know nothing about soccer. I'm one of those few people but on good soccer. <laughs> I, I will declare so right now. So you had now. no ambitions yeah. to play for City Lemblas. I was terrible go boxing. I was terrible go soccer and I enter ballroom or no tolabanyana quicker got ballroom dance mm. and there was music there and that's it ah mm. and the closest to soccer i produced the opening closing ceremonies of the fifa world cup that's it oh yes yes yeah. yes that's a true story <laughs> you let, even though bolo paid you to it, be there you no no, no the ceremonies paid me <laughs> in dollars <laughs> usd dollars. usd yeah, yeah. Uh, no uh, but uh, yeah. i grew up uh, i mean we, we grew up in, in tough times yeah mm. uh born in soweto uh 1964, uh, I left South Africa to go to exile at age 16, Lila Soto. Mm. Uh, from the Soto, I ended up in America. Mm. Uh, and then since then, I grew up in America. But uh, coming from a musical family, and now I can't say that I'm going to be a Pentecostal. I'm a teen. 
Yeah. Mm. And from there, at age 14, I probably was the youngest nightclub singer in, in the country. I worked at, at the Pelican. The Pelican then was the club in Orlando, right across Orlando Stadium. Yes, it's, I, it's actually yeah. still there yeah, somewhat. Yeah. No, it's there. It's crazy. I, I go by there and reminisce. Uh, yeah. It's now a, a big uh, building, a, but you can see the Pelican Club. Mm. So that's it. And we come from an era of great musicianship. Uh, the bands, the competitive bands. And, you know, uh, when we did a R&B song, a, a South African song, you, you, you outperformed the original. And fortunately, I was not aware. That's what grounded me to eventually, by the time I get to America and start working professionally after many years of living in the streets and going through the trials and tribulations, I realized that the, uh, everything I learned, Kokasi, Pelican became my institution and my driving force. And mm-hmm. Of course, being born in poverty and I always say to my kids, you know, poverty is good for you because it keeps you on your toes. Mm. And I don't know what to do because now you want what's best for your kids. Sure. Mm. Both at home and here. And then sometimes, <laughs> and hide the cheese yeah. as well. And then now you realize, damn, this little, this little fucker's got a goddamn. Oh my he's gosh. Got, he's got radio. a credit card. <laughs> Okay. He's got a credit card. Yeah? Let, let's take a breather and then, just so we can check our mouths. Ne? And, and when we come back, we're no, going to... F- <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So when we anyway, come back, when we come don't, back... Don't miss the metaphor, though. We, we're going to go yeah. to ads. We're going to go... Six minutes to se- uh, seven o'clock. Yes, we're in conversation with... Um, the most interesting character. He's yeah, a worthy crush so, Wednesday. Coffee so, in Alamatekwani. <laughs> why? What did it make you I do? I can see. Why well, didn't you do anything? Okay. So no. I was speaking about Lil Mufasa. <laughs> so you wake up and you realize Lil Mufasa has a credit card. So how Mutimaburoto, damn Lil Mufasa, you know, has got a solution. End I, of story. I love that. That little. Let's <laughs> Yes, please. Yo, Production got, team. He doesn't need it. He yeah. doesn't He's need got it. bucket loads of But you can repeat the coffee. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm curious. So, what yeah. was it like being a young South African teenager in the States? I mean, we often speak about exile, exile. Yeah. But some people are like, how? Nele Jamnatu, while we were suffering. What was that actually like for you? Actually, what you missed the most, uh, I, I got to America at 16. Mm. And... You, the torture, the, the, the torture was more psychological because mm. you 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 grew up in South Africa and your heroes are American, mm. especially mm. for the music, you know. And mm. you get to America, you you grow up being shamed. Uh, you are from trees and monkeys and things mm. like this. So you have to go through this psychological trauma uh, of of many years, and now realign your thinking. First, you are. You learn, I learned my politics as a South African in exile. Mm. You learn that your entire life, so basically from birth until age 16, I have had to redefine myself based on the political cycle of South Africa. Then you get to America, you then have to redefine yourself as an African and redefine yourself as a person who is supposedly has inferiority complex. And then you have to redefine yourself within the context of the African-American community. You have to redefine yourself within the context of the American uh, community at large. Mm. So it was not easy. And then, of course, not knowing if you will ever go back home Mm. was a bit more harsher. Then what we used to say, which is happening now, used to grow up. I went to high school in America. Mm. And you identified American racism quicker than the Americans then. Mm. 
because uh, you, you coming from South Africa, you 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 had a clear sense of Majitana Baraso Lonali he, Baku Ilov Streeti Lonali Gokas, and they hate you and you don't like them and whatever because mm. in America racism then and now prominent now was hidden, so we, we could sense it quicker. Hmm. Because we grew up in a racist society called South Africa, the apartheid. Mm. So people used to think we we're strange. We say actually America is more racist than South Africa. Then it's now dumb. It's now obvious now. Mm. So when, yeah. when you grow up with South African politics and then African American politics and then global politics and then working corporate America, you you become a global citizen that is fortunate to have been brought up in apartheid South Africa because you. Survive apartheid South Africa can survive anything in the world. Sure, and, and then with that, you, you mentioned spending a bit of time in Lesotho, where there was no apartheid. So, how does that, you know, fit into how you were sort of um, constructed um, in, in, in that in that day and era? Yeah, I can't know. How feel like Lesotho at sixteen, you enter a a life in exile that you were not prepared for. Mm. You have uh, uh, the the the, the patriots political organizations that are a lot more independent. Uh, political uh, education is a lot more ind- independent and you're exposed at that time extensively to not only ANC, PAC, BCA, Mazapo, all political organizations that are now in exile. So you have to, you, you, you're exposed to a variety of ideas mm. and then you're exposed for the first time to the rest of the African continent, independent African minds. Uh, then you are to, uh, also exposed to the entire world differently. So it's, it was a Nalesutu for me was like a, a transition country, uh, which which gave me a new identity. Nalesutu kile lebo hamorake, agetsama refugee passport kile lebo hamorake. I see. You understand? Um, but before Nalesutu, I had an English name. Uh, and I it died in Lesotho. What was it? Uh, it is irrelevant. I'll <laughs> feel so irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> irrelevant. I didn't mean it that way. I want to to make him to sell his coffee. Don't get him started. <laughs> no, but the, the nickname, but check out the mm. nickname was cool. It got me the girls. Nelly Tlega. Uh, yeah, it's like us. I want to, you see, the, 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 the young ladies would give me that smile. So it stays there. Okay. But go, 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 go exile. I became from Lebohang to Lebohang. And then in America, I became Lebo M. Uh, and now I'm back to my original self and I'm loving it. You know, I've gone full circle. And uh, having been around so many years, I've been in this business since I was nine. And uh, grateful to, to be alive, grateful to now have to reintroduce a new version of The Lion King with killer, killer music. Mm, mm. Uh, a killer, uh, killer track I'm doing with Beyonce. This is the first time I talk mm. about this on air in the world in history. In fact, we'll talk uh, about the, the Lion King journey in just yeah. a moment because you, you've already highlighted that uh, like the circle of life, you are at that point as well where it's kind of like Come full that, circle. that that gone uh, full circle yeah. experience. All right, at 7 o'clock, we are in the presence of Ndatele Wu M. He's an absolute legend, South African icon. Uh, through the passion he has for music and performance, he's been able to put us on the map globally. Any questions, comments, compliments, uh, feel free to tweet us, hashtag Fresh Breakfast, and uh, we'll check out some of your voice notes. Today on our Worthy Crush Wednesday, we have an incredible guest. His name is Lebu M, composer, performer. I mean, he really has been uh, incredible when you consider the role he's played on The Lion King as 
a film, as a theatre production, and with it returning with a more realistic version, um, it's with good reason that we have him in the studio. And, uh, of course, when we also consider just how well the theatre production is done mm. from region to region, mm. there's so much to talk about. So we'll, we'll get into that journey next. All right. Uh, before we continue with this uh, Mufasa-ish type of conversation this morning, the Fresh Breakfast survey results, we asked the question, 60 to 80% of men, right? This could be them. This is likely to happen to them. And you know what the answer is? Mm. It's actually very sad. 60 to 80% of men are likely to be homeless. And I'm thinking about what's happening in the news story with what's happening with the city of Cape Town and how they want to charge homeless people for obstructing pavements. Like, did you provide a plan for, for them to stay somewhere? For them to go and eat somewhere? Like, yo. Well, I mean, one of the other questions is when you look at human rights, is a person's right to whatever that right is to live freely or move freely less important than the bylaw that is put there to mm. regulate how we exist within a community? So what's more important? I need to correct something. I worded it wrong. 60 to 80% of the homeless are men. Mm. Yo. That's so, so deep. So those are your fresh breakfast survey results. They're a little bit late this morning because we have a worthy crush Wednesday that is in studio with us. He, he told us that his, uh, his other name remains in Lesotho. Let's see if we can get it trending on Twitter today. Okay, we're, we're in Lesotho so we can narrow down the search. Maseru, Tiatianeng, Butabote. All right. I'm stuck on this. What is this worthy crush thing? You, so, so we have woman crush Wednesday, ne? Uh. and we have man crush Monday. But because you're a man and you came on a Wednesday, you are worthy of being our crush. Crush yama. <laughs> yamo flavor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, confusion. Yeah, now you're Mo, that. No, don't worry. I'm talking about this confusion. No, I'm not talking some heavy statistics, huh? 70% of guys are likely to be homeless. 60 to 80% of men of the homeless are men. Are men. That's, that's yeah. deep, huh? Yeah. We chat some more to the legend, Ntatelebu M, next. Hashtag Fresh Breakfast. This is Stefan Don with Little Baby. Phone down. 10 minutes past 7. Thank you very much for tuning in this morning. You can call us on 089-110-3377. We're in studio with uh, Lebu M, who's part of uh, the Lion King uh, Spectacular, whether it's the theater production or the film. And, of course, we're chatting uh, the, his journey through life, uh, you know, getting a taste of different regions of the world and how he worked his way into this uh, space of the arts and creativity. We chat some more to him next. It is 13 minutes past seven on this Wednesday morning, and we are joined in studio by composer, creative, all-round fantastic South African. His name is Lebu M. He's been a part of um, the great story of The Lion King uh, in many ways, and uh, we're just getting to know him a little better and his journey. Uh, in fact, uh, we'll get into a scene or two 
in just a moment because, you know, when we talk about that film, I mean, it just evokes so many emotions and, and even memories. You were crying earlier on and it looked so traumatic. I was scared to ask you if you were okay. In fact, there is a scene that made me cry, but we'll get to that in just a moment. <laughs> we'll get to that in just a moment. Now, you know, we spoke a lot about your journey and, you know, just getting around the world. And then at some point, um, life became real when you consider that you made the decision to go down on this journey of, of the arts. At what point did you feel that this was the right choice for you and that something is going to be born out of this journey? Um, I think long before I left home. Hmm. Um, Kokasi, you, you had very few choices when we were growing up. Um, you had soccer uh, and you had soccer. <laughs> and you had soccer and look where we are today exactly and look where you are today and look where I am <laughs> you're on the world stage there was a joke there was a joke there was a joke I entered uh, I'm, a, I'm a youth club kid hmm. now, uh, I got into a youth club maybe around age 9, 10 hmm. and in the youth club you were exposed to different kinds of disciplines hmm. that you, you you're not aware of how hola that there's some uh, some uh, some ingredients that are going to be important to you mm. uh, as a ballroom dancer and music. Mm. Like I said earlier, music has always been in my life. I was born into a musical family. Both my parents sang. Mm. Uh, I don't think I I had a lot of choices because prior to leaving for exile, school was not an option for us, uh, especially shortly before and immediately after 1976, mm. when you, you had found sort of a, a sense of direction I already had. And I, I loved music. I was born into music, so it was not a heavy calculation. Mm. Mm. And when I went to exile, my entire survival was based on music, not scholarship, not political organizations, not uh, anything. We, we, we hustled our way to Hollywood, basically. From uh, uh, Let's talk about that hustle from, yeah. journey to Hollywood. I mean, at some point you went to Los Angeles. Yeah, that's later. That yeah, was later. Yeah, so yeah. When, when, you, when you got to exile, when you got overseas, I mean, how did you adjust to this different environment and also considering this choice that you made to be in the arts? Most South Africans then uh, went to, when they left Africa, so mm. or where I, let's say Lesotho, you were assisted. You had scholarships, uh, you had... Uh, uh, political organizations, either ANC, PAC. Rona, with my late best friend, uh, Venom Mulefe, may he rest in peace, we, we plotted our way. Golisota, for example, if my memory serves me well, we had a statement there, uh, about 30, 30 rands a month statement for refugees. Mm. We, we knew, coming from South Africa, we were hustling already. I was playing nightclubs and working weddings and making a little bit of money. Mm. Uh, so when we went we to Lesotho, we were the only ones age 16 and 17, I think Venom was a year older than me, were going to a five-star restaurant and ask uh, the manager to put a piano while entertain guests. Hmm. And we, we actually started uh, Victoria Hotel, hotel. Um, outside. Where it, where, uh, it used to be called the Garden Court. Long before San Comorte, we were the ones that hooked up uh, management and put a piano there. Venom would play piano and I'll sing and play percussions. I would entertain people. I would cash in on some cash, about $100, 100 rands, four, 500 rands. Hmm. And uh, that became our hustle. We'd go to five-star restaurants and entertain. Eventually, we would stay in a hotel room uh, in exchange for, for, for the work that we're doing. And then we were assisted via United Nations and uh, Trans-Africa 
and former ambassador also to uh, based in Washington DC Tim Tahani to to be adapted by a concert pianist in Syracuse New York hmm. we went there uh, under the auspices of being his guests uh, I think we did a maybe three four months in high school in Syracuse and it didn't work for us we were pretty rebellious wanted to do music so we went from Syracuse we we're between Syracuse New York and DC uh, just doing restaurants and doing nightclub work. Eventually, thankfully, I got pretty much chained to finish high school in D.C. I went to, to Gellington School of the Arts. I finished high school. From there, it was D.C., New York, L.A., D.C., New York, L.A. Mm, just bouncing between yeah, those regions. Uh, yeah. Hustling and eventually moved to Los Angeles in 1984 uh, with a big dream of being produced. Uh, that dream fell on the first meeting we had. And Why? The, uh, the, the, the producer intended, uh, encouraged us to leave Syracuse, and we went one way, landed in New York, in, in L.A. During the meeting, he realized this is it. Uh, we didn't have money. Uh, no one told us that we're going to meet a producer and we have to have our own hotel. Sure. And we have to have... And he literally took us to South Central L.A. That's the last time I saw the guy. Oh, wow. And we were in the streets. I'm still looking for him. But, uh, <laughs> maybe I can employ him now. Oh, wow. We were in the streets. It's, it's not a joke. Uh, I'm looking uh, for uh. him. I know, actually know the name. Sure. He's the orchestrator on Meleta and Kaifa Semenya's album <gasps> where they did uh, uh, Marua Pula. That's the guy that we went to L.A. to meet for the first time. And he dumped us on Crenshaw and Adams. We were living in the streets for about two and a half years. Uh, between Crenshaw and Adams and downtown L.A. begging for money. Uh, ended up they're moving upstream to South Central L.A., 104th and Central. Mm. At the height of the Cribs and the Bloods. Can, uh, we, can we quickly fast forward yeah. to where you are today the work you're doing today because in as much as yes lion king is the thing we know you for mm. there's a whole history we're not aware of but also there's so much work that you're being commissioned uh to do right now getting paid in dollars there's so um so many collaborations that you're working on and before you answer that i know some of the callers want to talk to you so please do give us a call if you'd like to speak to our guests in studio today oh eight nine double one oh double three double six Seven. Mo, who do we have on the line? All right, we'll go straight to uh, the line and uh, we'll just find out who's... I think it's Nati. Nati, good afternoon. Oh, good good morning, Lati. <laughs> oh, it got me. It's the coffee. Morning, it got me. It's doing? the coffee. That's, morning. That's what happens when you do two shows in one day. Gosh, all right. Uh, what do you want to say, Lati? Too much work. Open up the industry. Yeah. I <laughs> said... Good morning, everyone. Um, I think I just want to thank Abut Lebo. You know, I think that it's so important that he hustled and we got to see it. Well, we we didn't physically get to see it. But us hearing about his story is so, so important to all of us Mm. because it, it shows us, I think... Him unleashing what he did in himself and hustling and getting to where he is, kind of like demonstrate what it's possible also for all of us. You know, I don't know if you guys see the importance of this. Mo, I think it's important for you to share your story. I think it's important for Rilebushile to share her story because it just makes it so much more tangible for all of us to Mm. see her guys, just these normal human beings reaching such awesome milestones and doing these awesome... Thank Guys, you. it's crazy what Abu Lebo has done. And, you. you know, hearing his story is like so, so cool and so inspiring. So I'm just really thankful 
because it just opens us up to see guys, stop dreaming big and small um, stop limiting yourself mm. and just you know because it's possible so uh, thank you absolutely we'll take more calls 089 we've got mm. people that are asking so many questions so yeah. I'm going to direct them to your Twitter account they're asking about copyright issues with music they're asking about how come you don't have an accent Yena their friend drove to the airport they have an accent I'd love to get to all of those questions but we've got um, Pearl on the line who's got a question Pearl good morning hi guys how's it going is it it Pearl as in yo yo Pearl 2C your former colleague, babe. How's it going? <laughs> ah, what's going on? I was wondering why things are a little lighter now that you're on air with oh! us. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh, well, first I said hi, Mo. <laughs> we love you. Love we you, love baby. you. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Mo, you're always coming at me. Hi, good level. Hey, hey, darling. How are you? Uh, I'm so good. Fantastic. Um Okay, so I'm one of those people who are... Um, unbelievably crazy fans of the Lion King. I think I've told you this before. So I'm very concerned and I have many questions, but let's see what can happen. Um, Is this movie this time around meant for like a new or younger audience or has it been reimagined as well for older audiences? Because for example, like my concern is where's Rafiki's stick? In the trailer, there's no Rafiki's stick. And then how is that going to happen? Like, I'm just confused. Um, <laughs> I know every song, every word of every dialogue of every character. Yeah. Like, I can do the movie for you, like, it's a TV break. Yeah. Yo, I'm yeah. that person. Yo, yo, yo. So, like, like, and the super realistic animation does it not take away from the character's comedic powers and their strengths. Mm. Because yeah. I have all these... Is there any singing in the movie? What's that going to happen? Hell, Tusi, so I mean, many questions. Yeah, uh, hey, yeah, and then, yeah. The, the movie's fantastic because it's, it's a huge surprise. The script has been broadened a little bit. Uh, it covers all all audiences in all range. Uh, and most importantly about your question, my greatest excitement is Dr. John Carney playing Rafiki. Mm. And I think it is uh, what they will have a lot of secrets that will be unraveled worldwide. Mm. And that's the biggest one. His performance in, in the movie is outstanding. It has brought the authenticity that we went for with the broader production. Uh, because if you remember, Robert Guillaume, may he rest in peace, played the original Rafiki in the movie. And when it was converted to the broader production, we focused on and insisted on the character. We basically over-South Africanized the, the character of Rafiki on Broadway, mm. on the stage show, which then obviously then inspired uh, the John, the director, to really look South African in casting the I character see. of Rafiki. Because it just worked. Yeah, so we're very proud mm. of that legacy and to have one of the greatest South African actors of all time to play Rafiki is the biggest thing. And they, they, of course... I'm not going to say a single word about Rafiki's magic stick. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. I want to yeah. Okay, it's fine. I feel like I'm very blessed to have the opportunity to speak to someone like Huge you. Huge fan, not only of your other work, but uh, you. I'm also proud of you. Well. Yeah. Because I feel like, you know, as a as a consumer of, of of the Lion King, if I can call it that, 
I have a long-standing creator and consumer of the show, and if you yeah. say I'm going to enjoy yeah. it, yeah, it's gonna I'm going to take your word for it. But yeah. I'm going. If I don't, I will find you. Yeah, know, <laughs> oh, we know you. Will. Oh, we know, know. you. I know. I, you I notice I'm not declaring a lot of things because I know I can be found. <laughs> <laughs> but good luck with the search. All right, Thank fantastic. You. Thank you very yeah. much, Pearl. I mean, one Why of are you breaking our hearts? I have goosebumps. I have news for you. That's the most difficult scene to write music for. How so? From the original movie. And the most complicated scene to stage. Because it became very clear long before the first preview of the movie 26 years ago, 25 years ago, Mm. it became clear that that scene is going to emotionally be a powerful scene in the movie. Because that's the scene where Scar uh, basically kills Mufasa yeah, and uh, he throws them over the cliff. In fact, the, 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 the conversation before the world saw the movie was more about not Scar killing Mufasa, but Mufasa's death. So we mm. went around sleepless, rewriting the theme, realigning the theme, script being moved in and out, the, the, the whole scene. But it, it worked. Uh? Yeah. And even today, it's still touches some of us and I think for the first time the way the way John the director laid it out in, the, in this movie is going to be I think it's going to be even more deeper yeah. it pains me that we have to let you go but I hope you can make yourself available for a full four hours because there's just so much there so many questions we we have to ask yes. and uh we would love i know that mo would love and angie would love for you to be here so much longer nah, and i good. i wish time would allow so we've had um so many questions coming through on twitter you are i am lebo underscore m yes, the lebo is in capitals ne? you must shout it i am lebo yeah. underscore m yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and thank you so so <laughs> much for it's been so much fun mm, absolutely my Too first short. Show. Oh. I mean wh- what is your hope now that The Lion King is coming back to life what is your hope for, for the film oh well for me it's more than hope I'm, uh, I, I, I pray we continue to open new new grounds mm. uh, open new doors for South Africans over the last 25 years we would hire more South Africans around the world stages with a Broadway show and now the music is much bigger. There's a great m- many surprises uh, that we've done musically, uh, other than track uh, 14, hashtag track 14. What uh, do you mean the one with Beyonce? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of exciting things. Sure. Uh, and uh, again, as long as we, we stay positive and keep our country and our continent in the most positive globally, we're very excited and we look forward to it. When can people find it in theaters? When is it officially in South Africa? July 19th. July 19th. Ntatemoraike, the ever so amazing Worthy Crush Wednesday on the Fresh Breakfast Show. Thank you, thank you, thank, thank you. you. And we will bring you back by fire, by force. <laughs>